Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. It is a pleasure to be with you once again, and I want to correct myself slightly. The Daily Hammer is your daily news source for your National League Championship Series bound Atlanta Braves. Obviously, Tuesday night, the Braves clinched their spot in the NLCS due to a game, due to a go-ahead home run from Freddie Freeman and then a very solid ninth inning from Will Smith. And now the Braves await the winner of tonight's Giants and Dodgers Game 5 in the other NLDS. Of course, the talking the, ta- the Daily Hammer is part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network, along with the Talking Chop Podcast, as well as the Road to Atlanta Podcast. All can be found at TalkingChop.com and at TalkingChop across all forms. Of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find myself at StatsSAC. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So obviously on Tuesday night, the Braves, Tuesday afternoon, the Braves entered game four with the hope of clinching their spot in the NLCS. Of course, there was a bit of a figurative curveball thrown the Braves' way when it came to outfielder Jorge Soler. It was revealed that he tested positive for COVID-19. We still don't know a lot of details as far as what the outcome, what the potential return may look like when it could happen for Jorge Soler. It is likely that the Braves are going to be without him for much of the NLCS, at least the start of the NLCS. Hopefully, there will continue to be good news to where there won't be any more issues as far as other team members, you know, testing positive or that, you know, perhaps Jorge Soler can test out of the protocol. Whatever may occur, keep it tuned to the Talking Chop Podcast Network as well as TalkingChop.com for the latest on whatever news is revealed as far as Jorge Soler goes. But in terms of this series against the Brewers, I think that for much of the series, you were looking at two evenly matched teams until two areas of advantage for the Braves emerged that really were the big reasons why they were able to get three straight victories and win this series in four games. If you really do think about it, through the first three and a half games of this series, the first, you know, you know, the first games one through three, and then the first half of game four, what it simply came down to is this. The Braves starting pitching allowed four runs overall through the first three and a half games through Charlie Morton. The Brewers allowed three earned runs through Brandon Woodruff in game two. So basically, both starting rotations canceled each other out. The main contributors hitting-wise, Jock Peterson for the Braves and Rowdy Telez for the Brewers, they both had two homers and four RBIs through the first three and a half games. 
they basically canceled each other out. So both teams were kind of evenly matched in terms of the production of their starting rotation and their most productive hitters. What it allowed for the Braves to take a 2-1 to one lead going into Game 4 was the top of their order being productive in Game 2. And what allowed for the Brewers to get out to a lead a few times in Game 4 was their order being more productive in Game 4. But what really stood out as being a big reason why the Braves were able to win three straight games were two main reasons. Number one was the fact that the bottom of the Braves' order continued to get better as the series went along. Check out these numbers. In Game 1, despite Jock Peterson's three-run homer, or excuse me, solo home run in Game 1, spots 5 through 9 in Game 1 outside of Jock Peterson's homer, they only produced two hits and one walk in Game 1. In Game 2, outside of Jock Peterson's single, you're looking at only one hit and one walk in spots 5 through 9. So in games 1 and 2 in Milwaukee, outside of what Jock Peterson contributed, spots 5 through 9 in the Braves' order in games 1 and 2 only produced three total hits and two total walks outside of Jock Peterson. They basically were non-existent. It was Jock Peterson in the top of the Braves' order that allowed for the Braves to get out of Milwaukee with the series tied. But now when you shift to Atlanta, it's where the bottom of the Braves' order truly shined. In Game 3, yes, Jock Peterson had the big three-run homer. But beyond that, spots 5 through 9 produced four total hits and a walk. Much more productive in one game than they were in two games in Milwaukee. And it was the fact that they were productive in front of Jock Peterson that allowed for the three-run homer to give the Braves a cushion to work with to close out Game 3. And then, of course, in Game 4, two total, two walks, four hits, Three total RBIs outside of Jock Peterson. It was the bottom of the Braves' order that really was the key in them getting back into Game 4 and setting the stage for Freddie Freeman's home run. Eddie Rosario's two-run single, Travis Darno's RBI single, the RBI ground out from Jock Peterson. We, I talked about, and many talked about coming into the series, for the Braves to overcome the disadvantage that they were going to have, you know, on paper as a pitching staff, they were going to have to get an effort from their entire lineup. And as that happened more often, as the bottom of the Braves' order got productive game by game, that's what created a bigger and bigger advantage for the Braves to be able to close out this series with three straight wins. But it's not only the bottom of the Braves' order that shined. It was also the bullpen, who despite... The fourth inning of yesterday's game where Jesse Chavez allowed an inherited run and Waskar Yanoa gave up one of the home runs to Telez. The Braves' bullpen outside of that in games one through four, 13 innings, zero runs allowed. Yes, they ran into trouble from time to time, but they always made the pitch they needed to make, especially in game three, to get out of jams. 13 total innings outside of, of, of Tuesday's fourth inning and fifth inning of allowing zero earned runs. So it was the bottom of the Braves' order improving its production game by game and the Braves' bullpen shining each and every chance it had that really made the difference for the Braves in the NLDS. And those are going to have to be two narratives that are going to have to continue for this Braves team for them to be able to get through the NLCS and hopefully make the World Series no matter who they face between the Dodgers and the Giants. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, another big benefit of the Braves being able to close out their side of the National League playoff bracket in four games was the fact that they now have three off days. Had one yesterday, have one today, have one tomorrow before the NLCS gets started on Saturday. And in the other NLDS between the Giants and the Dodgers, both those teams have to play an extra game. And what an extra game it's going to be. The series tied at two between the two teams with the highest win totals in the majors this year. Logan Webb of the Giants versus Julio Urias of the Dodgers in San Francisco. It certainly is going to be a fun game to watch. But when it comes to who you would rather see the Braves play between the Dodgers and the Giants, though it certainly is a bit of a good thing for the Braves' favor that both of these teams have to play an extra game, and they also have to use one of their best pitchers in that game before one of them arrives to the NLCS Which team would you rather face as a Braves fan? Well, in my opinion, I can see the logic in both sides. When it comes to the Dodgers, the Braves get home field advantage, something that they haven't had in an NLCS opportunity in quite a while, obviously. But also, you get the fact that the Dodgers are, of these three teams, of the Braves, Dodgers, and Giants, I would say the Dodgers are the most talented team roster-wise. With San Francisco, While you don't get the home field advantage you would versus the Dodgers, you do, in my opinion, get to face the roster that the Braves are just as talented as, or maybe even more naturally talented than. That's not taking nothing away against the Dodgers. I just think a case could be made. So would you rather have home field advantage against the more talented team, uh, an advantage at home that you haven't had in quite a while on this stage, or would you rather face the easier opponent on the road? And in my opinion, the answer is pretty easy. I would rather face the Giants than the Dodgers. And it comes down to two reasons. Number one, it's again the simple fact that the Giants are less talented than the Dodgers. And I know that the Giants had 19 more wins this year than the Braves. But when you look at at this version of the Braves, this team that's playing right now in the second half of the season, or at least from August on, there is a much closer talent level, I feel, between this Braves roster and this current Giants roster than was there for much of the season, especially before July. I feel you're looking at two evenly talented rosters. And though the Giants should certainly deserve credit for the fact that they had 107 wins this year, I think a lot of that had to do with an excellent job from the front office and the coaching staff of consistently putting their players with strategies and schemes in position to maximize their strengths. But in my opinion, while that certainly does work during the regular season, that may not be as effective against a talented roster like the Braves game after game after game, as the Braves face this Giants team in game one, and then game two, and then game three, 
it comes down more to talent, I feel, than overall schemes and strategies because you learn more about your opponent as you face them more often. So I do think that that potentially could work into the Braves' favor. I'm not saying that we go into this series as the favorite, but I do think that the Braves, on paper, in terms of roster talent, they match up better with the Giants than they do the Dodgers. But another underrated aspect of why I would rather face the Giants than the Dodgers is the fact that this Braves team is much more battle-tested, is much more experienced on the road in playoff situations now than they have been over the past few years. And this Braves team has shown that they are getting more and more productive on the road in playoff situations as this stretch of division championships have occurred. Go back to 2019. On the road in St. Louis, they should they won game three late. They should have won game four. Go back to the 2020 playoffs. They dominated the Florida Marlins away from Truist Park. They dominated the first four games of last year's NLCS away from Truist Park against the Dodgers. And then, of course, this year on the road, they were the better team in Milwaukee and were able to take a tie series home to Atlanta and finish it off. So you're talking about the opportunity to face a less talented team in the Giants than the Dodgers, and you're also talking about a Braves team that is experienced on the road, that knows how to succeed on the road in playoff situations. I'll take that scenario of starting off the NLCS on the road against the Giants than I would facing the Dodgers even with home field advantage. It'll certainly be interesting to see how it plays out. I do feel, even without Jorge Soler, that the Braves are going to be in a very competitive series regardless of who they face. I would just feel more confident against the Dodgers, or excuse me, the Giants, even with the Braves going on the road to start the series, I would feel more confident against the Giants than I would the Dodgers. It'll certainly be interesting to see. Hopefully we'll be in store for a great game tonight, and then obviously leading up to the start of the NLCS on Saturday. And make sure you keep it here. When it comes to the Talking Chop Podcast Network, I'll be back with you tomorrow with the reaction to Game 5 of the NLDS against the Giants and the Dodgers looking at what won the series for either team and how they start to match up with the Braves. And of course, we'll also have an NLCS preview for you leading up to Game 1 of the NLCS. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop podcast, and the Road to Atlanta podcast all at TalkingChop.com as well as Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you. Go Braves! Hopefully we'll enjoy a few more days of rest and getting prepared for what hopefully will be a World Series run. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Daily Hammer. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.